Hello again, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to a new episode of the Mayor Tom Henry podcast. This is episode number 89, recorded on November 28, 2022, from Citizen Square in beautiful downtown Fort Wayne. I hope everyone just enjoyed and had a fun and relaxing Thanksgiving weekend. Now, for today's program, I'm thrilled to welcome Luke Labus from the League as our guest. For those who are not familiar with the League, this organization plays a vital role in our community. Luke will provide some more details during our discussion, but the League offers important resources and information to residents living with disabilities across Fort Wayne and our region. Luke, thanks for coming today. Hey, thanks for having me, Mayor. All righty. Well, I mentioned that uh, uh, you, you run the League, uh, but uh, let's talk about yourself for a minute. Yeah. A little bit more about you, Luke, for those yeah. who don't know you. Yep. So I am born and raised Fort Wayne originally. I have, this is my second go-round at the League, actually. So I graduated from Ball State University with a master's in public administration with a concentration in community education. I'm a first-generation uh, college student, so the first yeah. to graduate from my family from college. I'm a wheelchair user, mm -hmm. so I use a wheelchair as a mobility aid for, for those who obviously don't know me. So um, I, I've used my lived experience to help advocate and elevate uh, disability issues and be a voice for those who have not been in a place where they're able to have their own voice or an environment and their upbringing that um, has not given them the opportunity. I'm the youngest of five kids, so uh, growing up in a big family really exposed mm -hmm. me to a lot of things. And I'm very active in adaptive sports as well, because every member in my family played sports growing up, and I've, I've been involved in adaptive sports for over 20 years. And I've watched adaptive sports. Yep. and. For those listeners who have never been able to experience uh, anything as far as adaptive sports uh, offerings or Special Olympics and the like, you, uh, it, it is something to, to behold. Uh, these are true athletes. Yep. Uh, it's unbelievable uh, what they're able to do, uh, either uh, in a wheelchair itself yep. or uh, if they had other types of disabilities, the way they're able to accommodate uh, for their disability at the same time play uh, uh, these the sports just phenomenal. Yep. Well, you're with the league, uh, and I know that uh, uh, the league used to be called something else, and now it's called the league, uh, but I'm not sure that the league uh, in and of itself uh, describes what, what the league does and the services it offers. Can you tell us a little bit more about it and how it benefits our community? Yeah, so, so the league is this, what's called a Center for Independent Living. And um, it's primarily f uh, f federally funded. It gets the, na the name of the Center for Independent Living as a condition of its federal funding. And what makes the league different than any other disability service organization in, in our community or in the area is that being a Center for Independent Living, they are required as a condition of their funding to be a majority of staff and board members be qualified individuals with disabilities. Because we want people with disabilities leading and elevating these issues in the same way that I'm not qualified to speak on women's issues and lead women's issues because I'm a, I'm a male. The same should be true for people with disabilities. And as we talk about 
disability-related issues. So being a Center for Independent Living, uh, we provide services from, from youth till, till death. So uh, we, run, we run the whole age range, and uh, we serve what's called cross-disability. So it doesn't matter your disability type, mobility, uh, blind, low vision, cognitive, intellectual, and invisible disabilities, because there's a lot of disabilities that don't meet the eye per se and that you can't see. Sure. So there's a lot of disabilities that um, don't, don't get uh, met mm -hmm. because they don't, right. they don't get served properly. So as a Center for Independent Living, we serve cross-disability, any disability type. So, On a personal note, I believe we were successful in stealing you from Indianapolis. Yes. Yep. Uh, you worked uh, for Mayor uh, Hogsett. Yes. Uh, Joe's a good friend of mine. Yep. Uh, I don't think he's ever forgiven me for taking you from them. But uh, uh, how did it help you uh, d develop your career? Yeah, so... Again, um, go, going to Ball State University, getting my uh, de degree in uh, pol political science, I always wanted to work in government or governmental affairs and public policy. Mm -hmm. But again, working for Mayor Hawkset in the city of Indianapolis and serving as uh, the city of Indianapolis the ADA coordinator really gave me the opportunity to, again, going back to what makes Centers for Independent Living unique and what's the differentiator, it really gave me the opportunity to be uh, be able to share my lived experience mm -hmm. and be able to elevate, you know, and speak on disability issues from an authentic personal point of view and give representation to the community as somebody in government mm -hmm. working on disability issues and serve as an effective liaison to say, yes, I don't understand your individual experience per se, but I, I'm here to advocate and help you support your needs because in, in many cases people with disabilities don't have access to information or don't even know how to right. report things to the government or who to contact so having that contact person for the disability community serving as the city's ADA coordinator was very helpful well it certainly has helped us yep. you bring uh, you bring to the table not only personal experience, but a wealth of, of education relative to the disability needs of our community. And I know we've relied on you on a number of occasions to, to help assist us. Um, the Inclusion Institute. Yep. First of all, before I, before I ask you uh, uh, a little bit about the Leadership Academy that you're working on, what is the Inclusion Institute? So the Inclusion Institute is, is the newest division of the league, and this is uh, part of the reason what, what drew, drew, drew me back to come back to Fort Wayne, and it, what makes the Inclusion Institute different than any other um, initiative that the League is a part of or any other division of the League is the League has primarily been focused on for over 70 years meeting individual needs mm -hmm. and helping uh, consumers and people with disabilities in crisis mm -hmm. and helping meet those individual needs, while the Inclusion Institute is focused on big picture issues from a systemic level. Because eventually we got to get to the point where we got to figure out why people are falling into the cracks and or falling into the river. So I, I, I tell people at the end of every day, the Inclusion Institute, which, which I'm now, now the director of, mm -hmm. is um, we really work towards putting ourselves out of a job. Because ideally, you know, organizations like, like the League and other disability services organizations are in an ideal world and in an inclusive community are no longer necessary 
because it's part of the norm. It's, it's part of the, the expectation mm -hmm. of it's just the norm, normal fabric of what we do as a community. Correct. So we work every single day to put ourselves out of a job <laughs> and really, really provide that education and those, those examples and the connections for different various organizations out in the community to be able to hear from the disability community so you get that lived experience. So we're designing things, building things, and creating more equitable right. policies that make them accessible for everybody. But now you're, you've developed a leadership yep. institute, I, uh, which to me is fascinating yep. because, uh, as you've indicated, for years we've looked at uh, the personal needs and, and wants and desires of the individual person. Uh, and it, maybe in some cases, collectively in this sense, we look at uh, handicap accessibility and, and making sure that there are uh, certain employment opportunities and so on. But we've never really taken the time to develop the leadership yep. skills. Yep. Basic living skills is one thing. To be able to develop the, the next generation of leaders yep. in our community is something that I don't think historically, well I know historically we have not really uh, gone out of our way to do for those who are handicapped. And now through you, through, you, through the league, you're going to be doing that. Can you explain a little bit more about the Leadership Academy? Yeah, so so the the Inclusion Institute was um, in large part supported by the, a grant from the AWS Foundation. And one of the things that got them really excited is we said that we wanted to develop a Leadership Academy that is focused on educating people with disabilities and community allies about about their rights and how to, to utilize their rights. Because you don't have rights if you don't know what they are. So, so for many people with disabilities, going back to what I was mentioning earlier about not knowing how to access information or who to contact, mm -hmm. if you don't know what your rights are, how can you make sure that they're up, upheld? And or, again, giving you that platform to advocate for pe people with disabilities that ah, don't have that opportunity and or can't get into those spaces. So one of the crucial things that we, we are doing through this, this Leadership Academy it's really focusing on the ability to tell a story and tell, tell your individual story. Because the thing that makes the disability community unique is it's a community that 100% of the population is going to join. You're either, you're either born into it like me, you can encounter it any given day because of a circumstance, a car accident, sure. or what have you, or at the very least you're going to age into it. Because tell me a person that's become more mobile or doesn't start to lose their hearing as they age. It's a natural part of the human experience. So, but by the time people age into it, they, they've lost their ability to influence and make, make the community more accessible because they've retired or they've moved on to, to another chapter in their, in their life. So again, providing people with the information of their rights and how it intertwines into their personal story because really effective advocacy is all about being able to tell a story. And for many people with disabilities, they've never been asked to engage and or to you know, share, share their story and pro provide that oppor opportunity. So it really gives them and it empowers them to tell their story to then when they're in those spaces, when they're on boards, councils, or commissions, they can really elevate the, vo the voice of the disability community. Because in, or in order for us to build a more 
accessible, inclusive, and equitable community. We need more people with disabilities in decision-making spaces. So how do we do that? We get, we get people with disabilities not only the, the knowledge, mm -hmm. but the ability and opportunities to use that knowledge. So we're going to work to, to place more individuals with disabilities on boards, councils, and commissions on the local, state, and federal level. Exactly. You know, you're, you're absolutely right. That's what we need to do to become more aware of the talent pool that we have out there. Yep. And so often, uh, those individuals with disabilities are either overlooked because uh, you just don't think about uh, those with disabilities being a uh, being in a leadership position, or they themselves yep. uh, don't pursue it. Yep. Which brings up uh, uh, another question. Several years ago, the city and the county got together, and uh, we decided to put together a committee to take a look at, the, uh, again, the, the, the needs of the, uh, uh, the disabled community uh, and some of their desires and so on. And the committee has been working for, for uh, on it for quite some time, now several years. Uh, I meet with them from time to time, mm -hmm. and I believe uh, Commissioner Peters does. Uh, I know you're you're, you're uh, very involved with with the uh, with the committee and, and what they're trying to do. Uh, I'm gonna put myself in a very vulnerable position. How, how are we doing? <laughs> uh, we we are we are doing we are doing well. Uh, obviously, there are there are areas of improvement. But one of the things that makes our community our community so unique is that we have a wide array of um, disability uh, services organizations in our community and we're, we're a very philanthropic community so so as as that is again going back to the disability community growing with each individual day as people age into it or experience or are impacted by by disabilities that really gives us an opportunity to again tap into uh, various in, individuals and various groups because individual experiences are, are different and what what makes the Ad advisory council that you were just speaking on so incredibly important is because as an individual myself I only come at disability from one, one perspective as a as a wheelchair user that's a white male mm -hmm. you know there's there's wheelchair users who, who are part of the black community and female there's there's a other other backgrounds there and then then, then there's the definite hard of hearing community mm -hmm. that, that I can't speak to from a, from a personal sure. point, of, point of view. So again, giving them the opportunity to engage and elevating those voices, because in many cases, you know, you, you have a couple of people with disabilities in a room, and th those individuals are asked to speak for and on behalf of the entire community when, okay. when we don't have that lived experience. Right. Right. Like, I, I don't know what it's like to live as someone who's blind. So, so if you want expertise and or knowledge on what things need to look like to be made mm -hmm. more accessible for blind individuals, you know, we need to be talking and engaging with mm -hmm. people who are blind and mm -hmm. as part of that community. And this is a this is a crucial time, especially coming coming out of a out of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And as we continue to move into the digital age and the the news cycle ever changing, you know information accessibility mm -hmm. uh, for, for people with disabilities and people in the deaf community is incredibly important. You know, we talk about, you know, so, social media and having a website ex accessibility or content on social media being made accessible 
or you know you know when you go to a restaurant or or a bar the hospitality industry making sure closed captioning is activated on televisions mm -hmm. to provide accessibility for the deaf and hard of hearing sure. community you know or or um different government agencies holding emergency press briefings making sure making sure those are accessible mm -hmm. uh for for folks with disabilities so i again you know i'm glad that you brought up the advisory council because that's a crucial tool to be able to serve as a liaison uh, for for government between the disability community and making those connections so we can make sure that we're getting the proper input mm -hmm. to build the most accessible, equitable, and inclusive policies, in this case, from, from a government point of view. You know, and we talk about, again, the benefits of infrastructure. Sure, as a wheelchair user, that's, that's a um, crucial um, issue in poli policy for me. But again, as I mentioned earlier, as people continue to age, you know, everyone benefits from a ramp. Mm -hmm. Not everyone can use steps. You know, it's, it's fascinating. As I'm sitting here listening to you, I'm becoming more and more aware of the fact many of us, I think, uh, uh, look at the obvious, uh, most uh, visible uh, challenges, dis uh, disabilities in our community, uh, like the blind. Or the, the hard of hearing, because you know sometimes uh, you know when I give when I give talks, we'll we'll have uh, someone giving sign language and so on. Um, but you don't think about the fact many of us, as we grow older, uh, myself included, mm -hmm. that uh, uh, we begin to lose some of those senses, yep. and all of a sudden, to some extent, we now become part of the disabled community. Yep. And I'm not sure how many of us are prepared for that. Yep. Uh, granted, they make hearing aids and so on, but uh, it, it's just the, the whole challenge of having to adjust to a new environment. Yep. Uh, you know, I, 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 I didn't notice that I was turning the TV up louder and louder until my wife pointed that out. Uh, yep. So, you know, they, they, it, comes, it comes about sometimes very slowly. Yep. Uh, but it's there. And, it, and, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because one, one of the things that it's important that we that we look at the way we we change change the the, the mindset of being proactive rather than reactive. Uh -huh. uh, so suddenly we have this issue here versus I'm going to build this so I can live in this home 20, 30, 40 years from now if I if I so choose. So I'm going to build it as yep. you know having the opportunity to age in place right. in my my own home per se. And it really goes back to you know. The ADA is the most significant piece of legislation for people with disabilities. That is the civil rights law uh, for people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. Many people don't know that the Civil Rights Act of 1964 did not include disability as a protected class. It only became in 1990 that that was the piece of legislation that gave, gave people with disabilities uh, civil rights. But the thing about the ADA is the ADA is the bare minimum. And so I will tell you many things in the Fort Wayne community, you know, exceed ADA standards and ADA regulations because we really try as a community and at the Inclusion Institute and government agencies mm -hmm. and across the board to really exceed the bare minimum. And I'll give I'll give a example that's near near and dear to your heart, and that's Promenade Park. Oh yes, Promenade Park is one of the most accessible parks in the, in the country. 
Uh, and we really tapped into, again, looking at disability from a mul multiple pr perspective. What would this look like for a, w a wheelchair user uh -huh. traveling through the park? Right. What would this look like for somebody who's blind mm -hmm. traveling through the park? Getting multiple perspectives and multiple uh, pieces of input is, is really helpful. Well, look, I, I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, this has been, I hate to say this, probably one of our better ones. <laughs> now, no, no offense to everybody else who we've interviewed <laughs> for the last 89 episodes, but uh, this truly has, has been a, a fascinating discussion. I, I appreciate you coming today, but that is all the time we have for today. And I want to thank you so much for taking some of your valuable time. I know how, how often people ask you to be available to them. So I appreciate you squeezing, yeah. squeezing us in today. Of course. Uh, now, before we go, though, if, if, uh, if someone wants to contact the Lee, how can they do that? So, so um, you, can, you can go on our website, the-league.org. The-league.org. Yep, that, okay. that's, that, that's our website. Or you can contact our main phone line number, 260-441-0551. And then you can ask, uh, if you're particularly interested in Inclusion Institute initiatives and working on public policy from mm -hmm. a systemic level, uh, you can ask for, for me, uh, Luke Labus, because I'm the uh, director of the Inclusion Institute. And, and um, that, that br brings up an, another point, because we're getting ready to roll out our application for, for the academy. Because oh, our Leadership Academy good. launches in April. Um, so this week we will be rolling out the application to um, accept members for, for uh, the first year of the academy. So, Outstanding. Yep. Well, again, thank you so much for giving us some of your time today, Luke. And thank you, too, listeners, for tuning in today. It is another great day in the city of Fort Wayne, so let's keep our momentum going. This is Mayor Tom Henry, and we'll see you again soon.